What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, Daniel, if I wanted to win a Nobel Prize super quickly, like right now, what would I have to do? Are you in some sort of hurry? You applying for a new job or something? <laughs> I might be applying for some <laughs> new cartooning jobs and I figured that might help. <laughs> or are you looking to apply for my job? Is that what's going on here? Anyway, <laughs> if you wanted to uh, win a Nobel Prize super quickly, you'd have to discover something new. You mean like a new particle? You know, that sounds good, but actually we kind of see new particles all the time. They're just like different versions of the particles we already know. So I'm not sure that would cut it. So what would I have to discover then? Maybe like a new force of nature. What if I discover the force, like in Star Wars? <laughs> well, it depends on where you're applying for your job, if you want to discover the dark side or not. Jorge, I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, though I've never discovered a particle, nor have I ever won the Nobel Prize. Yet. Yet, Daniel. <laughs> Career ain't <Deep>. over yet. <laughs> That's right. You've got, you still got a lot of podcasts to record here. <laughs> That's right. Every podcast I do decreases my chances of discovering a new particle or finding or, or earning a Nobel Prize. That's right. But remember, we are discovering new friends through this podcast every time. <laughs> and we're helping everybody else discover the amazing, crazy, wonderful truths about our universe. That's right. So welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we take the things that actual working scientists are doing and revealing and learning about our universe and explain them to you in a way that you can actually understand and maybe even makes you chuckle. Yeah, and we often try to talk about what's out in the news recently. You know, the latest discoveries, the latest headlines that are catching people's attentions out there about 
exciting new things that scientists and physicists and cosmologists have found. Yeah, and something I take as a real vote of confidence in our ability to explain things is when something appears in the news about science and a bunch of listeners write it and say, huh, can you explain this to us? And that's just what happened this weekend. I got a torrent of emails from listeners asking us to explain something exciting that they saw in the science news. Do you think people had options here, Daniel? Like I could ask all these different physicists, but uh, I know Daniel, so I'll... I'll ask him instead. <laughs> well, Daniel actually writes back. So maybe that's why they're sending us oh, emails. <laughs> or maybe they just blasted everybody. And, and, you know, I just thought we were special. And we don't charge a fee. That's the best part. <laughs> that's right. We do download malware into people's laptops when they email us. But ooh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that online. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Daniel and Jorge's Botnet about the universe. <laughs> that's right. We do it to Jinnapar. Listener numbers. <laughs> no, there was an exciting piece of news over the weekend and dating back a couple of years. There's been a, a trend here and some exciting results dribbling in about a potentially enormous discovery. Yeah, I saw that this weekend and I was very curious. It was it was on the front page of CNN. And my favorite part about that was that it showed two scientists in lab codes doing something next to a really exciting machine. So I thought, wow, that's that must be science. <laughs> it's got to be science because they're wearing lab coats, exactly. Every time <laughs> I'm about to get a really good idea, I rush over to put on my lab coat to make sure it's <laughs> extra science-y. Just in case someone takes a picture of you. <laughs> Nobody's ready. ever going to take a picture of me doing science. <laughs> but let's not keep our listeners in the dark anymore. Let's tell them what this article is about. Yeah, so over the weekend, there was a, there were some big headlines about a new discovery that was done, I think, in Europe uh, that might potentially kind of upend our understanding of the universe. That's right. The headline of the article has to do with finding a fifth force of nature. Yeah, which is maybe more exciting than finding that fifth beetle, I hear. <laughs> well, it depends. If the fifth beetle gets a share of all that money, it could be a much oh. bigger deal. <laughs> they, can, they can buy a new force <laughs> they can with buy all a new that force. money. Yeah, Probably. and you know, sometimes you'll see something online. It's like, wow, that sounds like an amazing discovery, but you don't know. Is this just the science journalist drumming it up for clicks, or is this actually a real turning point in the history of science? And a lot of times you'll read that, and then it'll sort of fade, and you never hear about it again. And you wonder, like, huh, was that actually a thing? Yeah, it's hard to tell the difference. And so today on the podcast, we'll be asking the question... Is there a fifth force of nature? What's the right context here, Daniel, that makes it epic? Is it force of nature, a new force of nature, or a new force of the universe, or reality, or what, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, I think the common phrase is a force of nature, but, you know, that mm. also, like, makes you think of, like, a hurricane or clauses in legal documents that let you, you know, get out of things. Um, acts of God, <laughs> etc. But <laughs> or or just a really motivated person. They're like, "Wow, she's a real force of nature." <laughs> Somebody must have discovered her while wearing a lab coat. <laughs> yeah. No, I in think some it, lab in, in Hungary. <laughs> no, it, uh, for me, it has to do with the sort of fundamental forces, I guess, of the universe. You know, I to me, there's not really a difference between nature, reality, and the universe. These things are sort of interchangeable, unless we're talking about the Marvel Comics universe or the DC universe or the Star Wars universe or other fictional universes. But for the real universe, what we're trying to do is understand how it works and understand how many forces there are. And so that was a, it's a big deal. And do you think it got a lot of play in the media? Did people 
can't afford it a lot and ask questions about it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, our listeners certainly seem to have picked up on it. And um, there are a lot of interest. Is this real? What does it mean? Can you help us break it down? Um, and so to sort of get a, a broader context for whether this had penetrated into, you know, the community in general, I did something a little bit different with our street interviews. Rather than walking around campus at UC Irvine, I just went to a random coffee shop in Orange County and I asked random folks if they had heard about this discovery and if even if they knew about the original four forces of nature. So these might be a little bit more caffeinated than the usual answers. <laughs> a little bit more caffeinated, a little bit less ramen noodle infused, perhaps. <laughs> I.e. less academic. <laughs> less, less academic, exactly. <laughs> you know, a broader section of the Orange County public. So think about it for a second, those of you listening out there. If someone asked you at a coffee shop, what is the fifth force? Think about what you would answer. Here's what people had to say. No, never. I've never, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> no. Okay. No. What is it? No? No. Quartz? I'm not. Quantum theory? <laughs> no. No? Okay. I saw an article, but I just saw the heading. No. No. Well, I don't know what the four forces are. <laughs> uh, no. Isn't it that the song, Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> I'm about like wind, fire, um, earth, like earthquakes, and then also um, just water. All right. I guess maybe they hadn't checked this front page of the CNN yet, a lot of people, it seems. No, only one person had even heard of the article. And very few people could even really comment intelligently on the four forces of nature. I got a lot of sort of ancient Greek ideas like earth, wind, <laughs> fire. Oh, I thought they were talking about the rock group, Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> they really were a force of nature. <laughs> what would be the fifth force in that case? Earth, Wind, Fire, Sun. Politics. Ramen noodles. Yeah, so I'm not sure that everybody else out there understands the ramifications of this potentially mind-bending, earth-shattering universe mm. upturning discovery. So maybe we should really start at the beginning. Yeah, I guess it wasn't like a, we interrupt this broadcast for an important physics announcement. <laughs> Physicist like a, hey. and lab coat have landed on the moon and discovered a fifth <laughs> force. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a stop the presses kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't have President yeah. Trump commenting on this discovery yet. Looking up at the sun. <laughs> to see if that's where the, the fifth force was. No comment. But that was the headline. The headline was scientists discover a new force of nature, right? Like, um, like if you didn't know there were forces, they just found a new one. Yeah, precisely. And so um, that sounds like a big deal. But I thought since people out there might not be terribly familiar with the forces that are out there and what means to be a force and what we think of from a physics point of view as a force, I thought maybe we should start by talking about what the four forces actually are. Yeah, the ones that we do know about, right? The, the fab four of... <laughs> fundamental forces. That's right. Although in physics. you'll be shocked to discover that there is not consensus agreement among physicists about how many forces we've discovered. Oh, geez. Some say three, some say four, some say five. There's controversy about how many there are now, but they've, they, but now they've discovered another one. There's controversy about that too. All right. Well, let's get into it, Daniel. Let's talk about the forces we do know about. Um, so what are the four or three fundamental forces in the universe. So off the bat, we think about the four fundamental forces as gravity, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, and electromagnetism. If you had to ask me or if you accosted me on the street and asked me what the four forces were, that's what I would say. 
Mm, you wouldn't say there are only three. Well, you know, from a particle physics point of view, we've done a pretty good job of showing that electromagnetism and the weak force are really one and the same. They're just two sides of the same coin. In fact, in particle physics, we refer to them as the electroweak force. So that, from that point of view, you have three forces, gravity, the strong force, and the electroweak force. But traditionally, the, the weak force is kind of its own thing. And it, it kind of is because it has its own like particles it interacts with, right? It doesn't use the photon like the electromagnetism force does, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you want to talk traditionally, like historically, electromagnetism is a new thing. There used to be electricity and magnetism. They were identified initially as totally separate phenomena and then later understood to be two sides of the same coin and merged into one that we now call electromagnetism. So, you know, years and years ago, you might have said five fundamental forces that we merged that down into four. Now we've merged that down into three. So I think three is actually the best description of, you know, what we currently understand, but that's not a widely held opinion. I see. Is this like the Greeks thought that maybe there were only three forces? Like like wind and fire were actually the same? Yeah, except that we actually have more data than the Greeks did. We can prove <laughs> this pretty conclusively and mathematically, yeah. Okay, so there are three or and or four. We'll say there are 3.5 forces. How about that? Let's split the difference. <laughs> this is not the kind of thing you want to compromise on. It's not a negotiation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give you 3.75 plus you get the house on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe you would um, grab more headlines that way. No, and to remind people, um, electromagnetism is a force you're familiar with. It's responsible for electricity, for magnetism, and also for chemical bonds. It's basically what holds your body together. It's what makes the wall seem solid. You know, it's, uh, it's responsible for most of the forces you actually feel. And the weak force is not one you come in, commonly feel, but is sort of related to the electromagnetic force? Yeah, it's very closely related to electromagnetism. The particles that contribute to the weak force are the W and the Z. And you can think of them sort of like heavy photons. Because they're heavy, it makes the force very weak and it makes a very short distance scale. And so this one really only comes into play for things like neutrinos and radioactive decay. And I was actually talking to a particle theorist this morning who said he didn't even consider the weak force a force because you can't really feel it. Ah, not even weakly. Not even weekly, yeah. Um, but I consider it a force. It's, a, it's one of the fundamental forces of nature. It's right. part it of electroweak. It seems like it would be separate. It, but you, it, there, it gets lumped in with electromagnetism because like the math and the, the photon and the bosons, they're all sort of act the same way or they all fit into the same mathematical box. Is that kind of why you think they're all the same? Yeah, it just makes much more sense mathematically if you put them all together in the same box. And you can show that you start from a certain set of particles and they get rotated sort of by the Higgs boson and turn into the particles we have. We should do a whole interesting podcast episode about electroweak symmetry breaking. But just briefly, you know, we have these forces, electromagnetism and the weak force, and they're responsible for some of these physical effects. But then, of course, there's also the strong force and gravity. Right. And so the strong force is the one that holds the nucleus together, right? Like without that one all of our nuclei would just fall apart. That's right. Remember, the nuclei are protons and neutrons, and protons are positively charged, and so they repel each other. And the neutrons are neutral, so they can't do anything to really help. So from an electromagnetic point of view, the nucleus shouldn't even hang together. We did a whole podcast episode about how the strong nuclear force holds the nucleus together. So without the strong force, we wouldn't have nuclei, we wouldn't have fusion, we wouldn't have stars. It's pretty important. And gravity, that's the, uh, that's the heavy one, right? 
Yeah, gravity is the weakest force actually by all of these things, but it's something you're familiar with because there are big sources of gravity nearby. And so gravity will pull together anything that has mass, you, your friend, your neighbor, you guys actually feel gravity pulling on each other. Um, you just can't really sense it because it's so small. Most of the gravity you feel is with respect to the earth or if you're the oceans with respect to the moon. Okay, so those are the four or three and a half forces. Um, electromagnetism, weak force, strong force, gravity. And that's what we've known for a long time, right? I mean, at least maybe 50 to 100 years is what we have known there to be in nature. Like, that's it. You can't, two things can't pull or push on each other any other way. These are the four ways that they can do it. Yeah, and it's important to understand that these are descriptive. They're just a description of all the stuff we've seen happen. It's not like they come from some deep principle of nature where we've derived a rule that there have to be four forces or there can't be any more. You know, you could see tomorrow some new physical effect that can't be explained by anything else, and that might be a discovery of a new force of nature. It's just that so far, these forces have been able to describe everything we've seen. But again, there's no theoretical limit. There could be like, a hundred forces and the other 96 are just super duper duper feeble. We can't even sense them. Oh, I see. Up until Saturday, the there was no indication <laughs> in any of the, <laughs> up until you went into that Starbucks to ask people questions, uh, <laughs> there was no indication from any experiments that humans had ever done that there was anything else going on in the universe, basically, right? Like the, we hadn't seen anything that couldn't be explained by these four fundamental forces. Precisely. And that's the way we like to do science, right? You see something new and weird. First thing you do is say, can I explain it with the things we know? Because if you can, then that's the most likely explanation, just Occam's razor. And then, you know, if you can't, then you consider, well, maybe there's something new. I have to add something new to my theory, a new particle, a new force, a new something to explain this new phenomenon that nothing else I know can explain. And you guys felt pretty confident that there were, there were only these four um, because, I mean, you've done so many experiments over the last 70 years, you know, smashing particles over and over and over and over that it didn't seem maybe likely that there were more forces, right? I would have guessed actually that there were. You know, if I had to guess, oh. gun to my head, are there more forces? I would have guessed yes. And the, the, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen who, to me who very hold, often. Who would hold a gun to your head, Daniel? <laughs> Somebody in a lab coat, I'm sure. Oh, it's um, Brad Pitt from... Um, <laughs> in the dramatic movie version Flight of Club. my life. You know, right. where uh, Physics Club, the movie. <laughs> Tyler Durden holds the gun to no, your head. No, and, and the reason is that there's a lot going on in the universe that we know that we don't understand. Um, you know, we wrote this book all about all the things we don't know about the universe, and one of them is that there's dark matter out there. And if there's dark matter, that means there's a new particle, and a new particle probably has a new kind of force because we know that dark matter doesn't interact with normal matter in any way that we're aware of other than gravity, but we think that dark matter probably does interact with normal matter in some way in order to account for how much we see of it in the early universe. So I would have guessed that there's a new force out there, like a dark photon particle that mediates some new dark force, but we don't have any oh. actual evidence for it. It's just a suspicion. Oh, I see. All the experiments you've done pointed to these four forces, but there are still things out there in the universe we don't understand. Yeah, and as always, there are patterns in the things we do understand that suggest something is missing. Let's say, you know, this would be a lot simpler if you found this new particle. Though, you know, until Saturday, we didn't have any evidence for that. All right, let's get into this new discovery and what the news article was all about and whether it did revolutionize our understanding of physics. But first, let's take a quick break. 
The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months a premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right. Uh, so what was the actual article about that came out this weekend that said that they found a new force of the universe? What did they actually discover? Yeah, so the article was misleading in several ways. You won't be uh -oh. surprised to learn. Um <laughs> And the first thing is that this last weekend wasn't really the most important moment. There's been a series of papers from the same group in Hungary announcing discoveries for the last few years. So they've been teasing this. No, they've been trying to replicate their experiments. So maybe the most important result came out in 2016 when they first saw evidence for what might be a new particle. And this paper from recently just sort of confirmed it in a different system. So let's talk about what happened in 2016 because I think that's really the most important result. Okay, let's go back in time. So when, what was the actual experiment and, and who, who were these scientists and what did they actually discover? Yeah, so it's a group in Hungary and their experiment is called the Atomki experiment, A-T-O-M-K-I. The short version of the story is that they see some things in their detector that they think are consistent with a new particle. Meaning uh, something that they had never seen before. 
Yeah. Like a, and something that, as like, we were talking about before, they cannot explain using the fundamental forces and particles that we know about. So that sounds exciting. It is, yeah. And they've been doing it since 2016. Like they've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. In fact, they've been doing this kind of physics for quite a while. And But this particular experiment is interesting. What they do is they take a proton and they shoot at a lithium nucleus. And then it turns into beryllium because that's one more atomic number up. So the nucleus sort of absorbs the proton. But it's not just beryllium. It's like excited beryllium. It's like has extra energy. So it's like wiggling and dancing. Should we picture a dance that the beryllium is doing? Yeah. Which of the Fortnite dances is it doing? (laughs) You're the cartoonist. You're the visual person. So (laughs) I want to see a doodle of dancing beryllium when we're done. It's doing the Charleston. Let's, Let's go with that. And just like, you know, how electrons can get excited up from their ground state and then jump down a state, when you jump down a state, you give off energy. And so what they what we expect oh. to happen is this beryllium jumps down back into the ground state and gives off energy in terms of a photon. Oh, I see. So the proton not just transforms it into a new element, it transforms it and gives it kind of extra surplus energy, yeah. which then it has to get rid of. Yeah, because the proton that comes in has a bunch of energy. It's not just a at-rest proton just sort of hanging out. It comes zooming in with a lot of energy, and then the beryllium nucleus, which is then formed, has this extra energy. It wants to get rid of it. And so okay. what you expect is for it to shoot off a photon, and then that photon would turn into a pair of particles, an electron and a positron. And you can measure the energy of that photon by finding the electron and positron and sort of adding them back up. Why doesn't the photon just keep going as a photon, as a little bit of light. Why does it have to turn into an electron and an anti-electron? Yeah, they can. Photons like this can fly across the universe and just go forever. But these guys have a special trick for measuring it. And the way they measure the energy of the photon essentially is to induce it to turning into an electron and an anti-electron. So they can, it helps them measure the energy. How do you induce a photon to not be a photon? Well, every time a photon um, goes through matter, it interacts with the all the electromagnetic fields inside that matter, and that tends to make it pair produced. That we call it turning from a photon into a pair of particles. You kind of like slam it against something. Yeah, and the key thing is that when you do that, you measure the energy of it, and you can measure the mass of that particle. And photons, of course, don't have any mass, so you expect that you get this electron and this positron, you add them back up to reconstruct what the photon was like, and you calculate what its mass was, you should get zero. But what they see is a bunch of events where it doesn't add up to zero. It adds up to a different number. It adds up to a a blob all around the same number, around 17 mega electron volts. So where did this mass come from? Wait, um, so photon doesn't have mass, so you Mm -hmm. expect it to split off into an electron and an anti-electron, You're saying that that has to add up to zero. The mass of that pair has to add up to zero, yeah. But sometimes they see something that they can't explain, which is the mass of that pair adds up to something which is not zero, which means that the particle that carried that energy didn't have zero mass. It had non-zero mass. And so essentially what they think they've seen is like another version of the photon, a different particle that does have mass. Oh, they think that the photon they're seeing is not a photon. Precisely. They think they call it the X particle. Good branding. (laughs) I was wondering if you'd like that or not. X sort of for like (laughs) mysterious. We don't know. You know, if it actually becomes something real, then I guess they'll give it a real name. I think that means that they're doing physics with the X at the end. (laughs) So that's the basic thing is that when they plot this, so the mass of this pair of electron and positrons, 
they see a bunch near zero where you expect to see photons, but they also see a blob all clustered together around 17 mega electron volts. And oh. that's the kind of thing you would expect to see if there was a new particle there, something which wasn't a photon, but beryllium was emitting this X particle when it went down to its ground state. Oh, like sometimes, or usually gives off a, gives off a re regular photon, but sometimes you, you get a lot of measurements of something that doesn't look like a photon. Precisely. And that's exactly the kind of thing you would expect to see if there really was a new particle there. But it's not like there's something terribly different going on here. I think maybe that's the weird part for me. Is like, like I was following you. It sounded like things I've heard before. But suddenly you're telling me that like on a regular atom decaying, suddenly there, there's this weird new kind of particle coming out. Yeah, that's precisely what they're suggesting. And remember that to be consistent with everything else we've ever seen, it'd have to be pretty subtle. If this was happening a lot or shooting out some really powerful rays or happening really often, then we would have noticed it already. We've studied atomic nuclei in great detail. We have a pretty good understanding of how this works. So for this to evade all other previous experiments, it'd have to be pretty subtle. Not something in particular to the beryllium or the lithium. It's just a, something that nobody had, that had flown under people's radar. It's not like these, um, they were taking like super exotic matter and doing experiment with, experiments with it with, and they found something new. It's like they were doing something pretty, what sounds pretty regular, run-of-the-mill physics. Yeah, and what they did last weekend, this new result that just came out, is that they reproduced the same results using helium. So instead of beryllium, they excited helium into a new state. And when they saw it decay, they found a few of these examples of this X particle that looked just like in the beryllium decays. Like helium and helium balloons have some sort of secret particles in them? Yeah, but you know, if it's real and it's actually there, it's just turning into electrons and positrons and you can't tell the difference. So... If this thing is real, then yeah, it could be happening around us all the time, but it wouldn't make much difference to your world. I mean, the world with four forces or five forces doesn't look very different to you. And what did they say in the paper? Are they just saying like, hey, we look better than everybody else and so we found it? Or are they saying, you know, nobody's looked in this range before? Or are they saying this is an interaction, like a reaction that nobody had studied closely before to see it. Well, nobody else has ever seen this before. Only this one group from Hungary has seen this before. Now, other people have done nuclear physics experiments. Other people have looked at beryllium. Other people have looked at helium. Nobody's ever seen this before. Now, when they put out their paper in 2016, nobody really paid attention. They were like, huh, whatever, that's interesting. But it's sort of in conflict with other results because nobody had ever seen this thing before. But then a group of theorists here at UC Irvine, actually, uh, Jonathan Fang and Tim Tate, they read this paper and they thought, oh, that's interesting. Can we find a way to explain this result in terms of a new particle that also doesn't break all the other results that we've seen? Can we find a reason why all those other experiments wouldn't have seen this particle yet? They looked at it and Jonathan's a friend of ours, right? We, you're a friend of Jonathan and I've met Jonathan and he's been in our videos that we've made for YouTube before. Yeah. Which is why I was like, I saw the article and then I saw his name. I was like, what? Yeah. I know this guy. 
because it was his paper that got this group a lot of attention. They published their paper, nobody really paid attention. But then Jonathan showed that their result could be consistent with a new particle and also be consistent with all the other experiments. Essentially, Jonathan found a way to explain away all the other results because all the other experiments have slightly different configurations or use a different energy range or a different kind of particle or a different kind of detector. So Jonathan found a theory that explained this new result and also was consistent with everything we've seen before. And that is what made it exciting. I feel like that's really gutsy, you know? Like, if you read a paper with a crazy idea that probably clearly sounds like they just made a mistake, to be like, nope, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to double down and find a theory that might explain this weird circumstance. Yeah, I think it actually sort of went the opposite direction. They were like, well, here's a crazy result. It's ruled out by all these other experiments, Right. Let's do the calculation. Let's estimate. Let's see if these other experiments actually are in conflict with this one or if we can find a way to wiggle this one out. I think it started as an exercise. And then they realized, huh, there really is an opening there. There's a way that you can explain this new result that doesn't conflict with the other ones. And that's when they got excited. You mean it was kind of like Jonathan was sitting on a Sunday and he's like, I could do the crossword puzzle today (laughs) or I could just, uh, you know, pass some time working out some equations for this experiment? Um, I don't know. I think it was an exercise. At the time, he was working with his postdoc, Flip Tanito, who's also a friend of ours on the podcast and is now a professor at UC Riverside. And they were just sort of working through this as an exercise and then discovered, hey, maybe this overlooked piece of evidence from Hungary is actually evidence for a new force of nature. That was an exciting moment for them. Interesting. So if he hadn't done that, then people might have just ignored this experiment. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it was the attention of this, frankly, world-class group of theorists and this reasonable argument for how it might be a big discovery that pointed the world's scientific attention to this group in Hungary. All right. Well, we'll have to ask Jonathan over a beer or something how he got in, how he found this article and what made him get interested in it. But uh, yeah, let's talk about, about the result itself and whether it's significant and whether it is actually a new force of nature. But first, let's take a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. 
Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. All right, Daniel. So have they found a new fifth force or I guess four and a half force of the universe? I would say it's way too early to tell. I mean, first of all, I don't think we can even really conclusively say that they have seen a new particle. And then there's the follow-up question of if it is a new particle, is it a new force also? So you, you have doubts about or you want to see more evidence about whether or not they even found anything. And then there's actual deeper questions about whether it actually means there's a new force. That's right. This result only comes from one team, this team in Hungary. And before you really believe that a particle exists, you want to see it replicated by an independent team. You want to see another group that has a different setup and maybe different potential biases make the same measurements and see the same thing. I mean, if it's a real thing in nature, you should be able to see it in more than one place. It's like when we discovered cold fusion, that group in Utah. Other groups immediately went out to see if they could reproduce it and nobody could which is how we knew that it was bogus. And that doesn't mean necessarily malfeasance, you know, it doesn't mean that they're lying to us, but it's a, there's a lot of ways to accidentally bias your results or introduce a mistake. And that's why we cross-check things in science. So where are we at now? Have people tried to replicate it or has just nobody tried? And so that's why it's an open question. Like it doesn't sound like a super difficult experiment, is it? Like you don't need billions of dollars for it. You don't need billions of dollars. You need some sort of particle accelerator so you can get these protons up to the right energy. And then you need a detector that can you know, transform this particle into your positron-electron pair and measure it precisely. And you also just need time and interest. And so there are a few groups out there that are interested in potentially reproducing this measurement using slightly different equipment, but nobody has done it yet. And until that happens, I don't think anybody in science is really going to take this result seriously. Well, it's kind of a weird incentive, right? Because like if I'm a physicist, what's my incentive to being the second guy who confirms the first guy's <laughs> or first girl's or gal's experiment? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's a weird thing to jump into, you know, because you wouldn't get all the glory. And if you disprove it, then, you know, you would you probably wouldn't get much glory either. 
That's an interesting question. And I think that goes to like, who would get the credit for this kind of discovery? You know, and should it go to the Hungarian folks? Should it go to Jonathan and those folks for recognizing the importance of this? Should it go to a new team that verifies it? Should you split it three ways? I'm not sure. Should it go to me for <laughs> having a podcast about it? Uh, I'm not sure. And, you know, there's also a question of sort of priorities and credibility. You know, everybody out there has a lot to do in science and a long list of experiments they'd love to get done. And given infinite funding, sure, I'd like to see this thing happen. But, you know, is it the most important thing that these other groups can be doing with their time? And also, does anybody really believe this result? Um, this Hungarian group has sort of a, I mean, there are whispers in hallways and physics departments about a checkered past from this group claiming discoveries which didn't pan out. Oh, man, gossip. Gossip. There is physics gossip. And, you know, there's people who have now retired and I think passed away who use the same facilities and made a lot of claims about new particles they thought they discovered, which then sort of went away and are no longer part of this team, of course, because they've passed on. But oh, I see. it sort of lingers. The questions linger about whether results from this facility can really be trusted. I, I like to see that TV show, Gossip Girl for... <laughs> for physics. <laughs> and, you know, in the end, the results speak for themselves. Either you believe them or you don't. And, and importantly, nobody has found a flaw in their work. People have combed through the details and nobody's found a mistake. And also, huh. people have worked really hard to try to explain the results using just standard physics, using the four forces we know, and nobody's been able to. So it's either a wow. very subtle mistake or it's real. You're kind of saying that it's suspect, but if it's... A hoax, it's a really good hoax. I'm not saying it's a hoax, right? A hoax implies that these folks right. are tricking us. I think they're doing honest work. Oh, I see. Right. But uh, if it's a mistake, it's a really well-hidden mistake. If it is a mistake or mm -hmm. not. No, and it's right. really easy to make subtle mistakes. You know, these detectors only see a fraction of the events. And so you have to make some assumptions about the ones you missed. And it's very easy to introduce biases. We have lots of examples in particle colliders, for example, where we see bumps in our data and we think, oh my gosh, maybe that's a new particle. And it turns out it came from a complicated series of, of influences from this, that, and the other, which produce a bump in your data. So it's easy to produce false bumps. And so what you really just need is a totally independent cross-check. And you would need that for any group, right? Even if this was a very well-respected group from Harvard, you would definitely need independent confirmation before you believed it. All right, well, let's get into the details a little bit. I think we have time and, and talk about it. So the idea that Jonathan proposed or that this group proposed at the same time was that like maybe this is a new particle that we're seeing. Maybe this particle has a new force of nature attached to it. Yeah, and that's really sort of just interpretation. All we know is if this particle is real, it decays into an electron and positron pair. And that means that it has to have integer spin because the electrons and positrons are spin half. And so they have to add up to either spin zero or spin one or whatever, but integer spin. And that's the kind of particle we call a boson. Bosons have integer spin. And so this looks like it's a boson. That's right. And so the most conservative thing you could say is, if this is real, it's a new boson. Is a photon a boson? A photon is a boson. The W, the Z, the oh. gluon, all these particles are, are bosons. Every boson we know of is associated with a force. The photon carries electromagnetism. The W and the Z carry the weak force. Gluons carry the strong force. If gravity is a quantum force, it would have a graviton, which is a boson. So this is, there's this association between bosons and forces. Okay, and you think, so you, you sort of know it's a boson because of the spin, 
But you think it might be a new boson because it, it weighs differently than all the other bosons you know about. Precisely. But I think there's some disagreement in the physics community about whether every new boson has to be a force. For example, we discovered a new boson a few years ago, the Higgs boson. Is the Higgs boson represent a new fundamental force of nature? Some theorists say yes, some theorists say no, because the Higgs boson also doesn't just fall out of requiring what we call a local gauge symmetry, which is fancy jargon for having a certain kind of math. But how do you know it's not just a, like a W boson that weighs differently? Or like a, a boson, a W boson that ate too much for, for lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is much, much lighter, right? The W boson is about, let me do some math, um, 4,000 times heavier than this new X particle. So it'd have to be a W boson on a strict diet. It's like intermittent fasting W boson. <laughs> it's a W boson that skipped lunch. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Do so you also call that in a different, like... Hmm. Like a W boson that weighs less would still be a new boson. A W boson that weighs less would still be a, a new boson. Like we are looking right now for new versions of the W that have different masses. That would be a different particle because the mass of the particle really shapes its identity. It's part of what we call a particle. And, you know, like finding a heavier version of the electron, that would be a new particle. It's who they are. It's who they are. Um, and so there's not an agreement about whether every boson really represents a new force or not. Even if you find a heavier W boson, that doesn't mean there's a new force. It just means you found a heavier W boson. That's right. But of course, it sounds cooler to discover a new force than a new particle. And so I think that's why some people have described in the media as like discovery of a new force of nature. It sounds sexier. It it focus grouped better than discovery of a new particle of nature. You would get more clicks if you say, we found a new forest, than you say, and then if you say, we found a new boson That's that right. might have skipped lunch. That's right. right. But it could be, it could be that there is a new fundamental force out there and this boson carries that force and that this is the first piece of evidence for the discovery of this new particle, which is the clue to the new force, which tells us something about, you know, the way the universe works. Although I think you would get a lot of clicks if you wrote the headline as, you won't believe what this boson looks like now <laughs> with its new diet. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, there's also competing forces here because physicists are trying to discover new forces. And we're also trying to get rid of forces. You know, one of our goals is to describe all the forces in terms of one mathematical structure. Like we combined electricity and magnetism into electromagnetism and then with the weak force into the electroweak. We'd love to find the grand unified force that encapsulates everything. So on one hand, we want to find more forces. And then on the other hand, we want to sort of shoehorn them together into one framework. It's like when you're trying to clean up your kid's room and you got everything sorted in the closet and then... The kid comes up and says, look, I found this toy. And you're like, great. <laughs> well, it's sort of like when you're trying to solve a jigsaw puzzle. First, you want to get all the pieces and categorize them. And then you want to see if they fit together into one nice picture. But you can't do that if you don't have all the pieces. And so we desperately want to figure out, are there other pieces out there that we're missing? Because we know there's a lot about the universe we haven't understood. When you get a headline like this, you're both kind of excited, but also like, you groan a little bit like, oh, that means <laughs> that means we're behind. But hey, isn't it exciting that we're behind? We're always behind. It's not like there's a schedule for discoveries of the universe. We're never going to understand everything. <laughs> we're we're on thousands schedule, of years Daniel. behind. <laughs> I wanted my jetpacks yesterday. Yesterday, Daniel. No, we are always going to be behind. So it's always exciting to hear about more physics to understand. All right. Well, it sounds like the answer here is stay tuned. 
sounds like um, maybe they found something amazing or maybe they found something, but it's it's not that revolutionary or maybe they maybe they didn't find anything. Maybe it's just something that uh, they that people are overlooking. Yeah. Stay tuned for independent confirmation till we get that. You really should just put a pin in it and think about it as a cool result that maybe we'll understand one day. Right. Until then, we still only have three and a half fundamental forces. Three point seven five. <laughs> That's my final offer. <laughs> Let's make it 3.6 and we can end this podcast, Daniel. <laughs> Done, especially after we account for lawyers' fees on the forces. All right. Well, hopefully that answered people's curiosity and questions about this headline that came over the weekend. Yeah. So thanks for sending in your questions. If you see something in the science news that you don't understand, please send it to us at questions at danielandjorge.com. We'll break it down for you. And remember, uh, Daniel answers Twitter and email, but he doesn't answer Instagram. Insta what? Insta. <laughs> you know what the kids are using. <laughs> But I think I you know. do answer TikTok. Do you do, do, you, do you use TikTok? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I definitely do it. <laughs> if all the kids are doing it, I'm in. I'll put a lab coat on and make one of those ticker talkers. Oh, there you go. Well, all right. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed that. And um, see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for lending us your brain for 50 minutes. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.